Welcome to your favorite podcast, Cosmic Queen. Get ready to discover soulful selling and marketing strategies. Learn how to stop overthinking everything by reprogramming your subconscious mind. And finally, level up your business, your income, and your success. Yes, girl, it is all happening right now. So grab your earbuds, light up your manifestation candle. It is time to hack the quantum field, create success that defies logic, and let out your inner alpha. Let's go ahead and get started. Oh, hi. Good morning. It is early morning here, so I just finished having some coffee. I'm here hanging out with Mia, and I'm so excited to jump on today and record this episode because I'm going to try something a little bit different. I'm a generator with human design, so I just love, love, love responding to your questions. I love getting questions and answering questions. And more than anything, what I really, really, really love is talking about the deep shit. I love like actually hearing your questions, not just about why is my Instagram not growing fast enough? Why aren't people liking my posts? How come this offer isn't selling? Which I love and I love in the right place. But I think what really connects us all is just these core human things, right? The way that we feel, shame, guilt, all of these things. And they're all what we bring into our businesses too and why we end up feeling stuck or unseen or scared or whatever else. And I think that sometimes the best thing is to hear that other people are going through the same thing or that even if they're going through the same thing in a slightly different way, that any advice that they can take will still apply to you. I spent the weekend at the best retreat ever. I just love, it's my friend and my mentor, Tracy Litt, and she has a retreat called Powerhouse, and it's a weekend retreat, and I just love it because we're never done. We're never done growing. There's never a point that you're gonna reach. There's never being too far ahead for anything, and I just always leave there just so enlightened, really, and so with so many things illuminated via other people and their shares. And ever since I was little, I loved, 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 loved Dear Abby. I loved the advice columns. I don't think she does it anymore. But I loved Ask Polly, which was in The Cut. And it's just like so fun to read these columns because it's really voyeuristic. But it's also really enlightening in that way that you're like, oh, I'm going through the same thing. Oh, yeah, like this advice for you really helped me see things differently. And so we're going to start doing something a little bit like that right? You give me something to respond to. You guys submit your questions and I'll give my advice. So kind of like an Ask Gabby column. We'll see how long this feels fun. But I just cannot, sometimes I just don't enjoy sitting on like some like hypothetical. And sometimes it feels like I'm lecturing when I do a regular podcast. So I love that like, I actually know that this advice is going to be helpful that at least one person out there needed to read it. And I have a feeling that more than one person is curious about today's because I just knew that this was one of the questions that I was going to get. It's something that came up this weekend. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and actually before I read it, I encourage you to reach out to me. Email me, hello at Gabby Abrams. Shoot me a message on Facebook if we're friends. Shoot me a message on Instagram if you're following me at Gabby.Abrams. Whatever you want. If you have a question that you want to talk about, if you have something that you want to get off your chest anonymously, just have me discuss on the podcast without mentioning your name at all, do it. Do it, do it, do it. It'll make all of our lives so much better. So thank you. All right. So first question that we have, 
I am doing a dry January for the first time in over 20 years. I've never quit drinking for more than a week and it's amazing. And I think it's saving my relationship and I feel better and I'm super excited and I'm really considering not going back to drinking at all. And I've always wanted to ask you, what made you stop drinking and were you a heavy drinker before you stopped and was it difficult to quit and what do you love about being sober? Signed, Sober Curious in the Northeast. All right, Sober Curious, I'm so excited that this is the one that came up first. And I just had a feeling that it was. I was like, I feel like this is going to be the first question. So first of all, for anybody who doesn't know, back in 2020, I decided to radically transform my relationship with alcohol. And when I say I decided to radically transform my relationship with alcohol, I did not decide to do that, (laughs) right? What I decided to do was the same thing. It was January and I was like, I want to stop drinking for a little bit. I want to be able to take a break. I had actually never done that. And I wanted to see what it would be like to just not drink for a week. What happened after a week was that it felt really good. I was like, well, what if I didn't drink for a month? That felt really good too. And I was like, okay, moving forward, what is it that I decide? And I actually made this decision. I didn't want to be sober, right? I could have joined AA or something. And that was really, as I sat with it and thought about it, not what I wanted. What I really wanted was just a different relationship with alcohol, was just not to feel like it had any power over me. I wanted to just feel like I could just live my life. And sometimes I could have a drink and sometimes I couldn't. And before doing this, I had kind of polled people around me, like in mom groups. And I was just like, what is everybody's relationship with alcohol? What does your relationship look like? Like, are you able to drink without like drinking, you know? And I wanted to see if this was possible. Like, are there people who have this relationship with alcohol? Does it exist for people? And what I found is that people fell into two sides of the camp, right? People either were like, I actually can't. It's something that's unmanageable in my life. And once I start drinking, I'm drinking and it's really hard. I'll do, I'll stop drinking for two weeks and then I start again. Or people were just like, I literally have no interest in alcohol. And for some of those people, they would be like, I have no interest in alcohol. I just love chocolate. (laughs) They just had something else that was like their thing. And some people were like, oh, I don't drink alcohol. I just smoke all day. I smoke marijuana or cigarettes or whatever, right? And so I was kind of like, huh, that's really interesting because it kind of felt like for me, alcohol was my thing. I really, really did enjoy wine. And probably from when I was like in my early 20s and started drinking, it was really something that I felt was a big part of my life. My friends and I would go out to bars and we would go to frat parties and it was drinking. It was a drinking culture. So it's really interesting to kind of take a step back in that self-awareness and be like, okay, for some people, it is very easy. And for other people, it is not so easy. And it seems like I'm one of the people in the latter camp. And it seems like I'm one of the people who does not have this easy relationship with alcohol that a lot of people might have. So within that, was I a heavy drinker? Going back to Soberish's question, was I a heavy drinker? I was in my early 20s. As I got older, my lifestyle was not a heavy drinking lifestyle, which I think is another key distinction. I would drink a glass of wine. I would drink two glasses of wine every night. I would drink three glasses of wine. But it was never the kind of thing that like I was going out to bars or going out and partying. My husband is not a big drinker. So None of my friends were big drinkers. None of my mom friends would kind of have that culture of drinking. So I was really 
the one that liked drinking the most, which also made it really, really easy to redefine my relationship with alcohol. So going back to January of 2020, which is when things really, really, really changed for me, I was sitting there and I had just discovered rapid transformational therapy. I had just made the decision to get certified in rapid transformational therapy. And it really felt like everything that I had ever wanted to do in my life was actually happening. And I was terrified. I was like, wow, this feels really huge. This is so different. This is so in line with what I've always wanted and who I've always been and who I've always wanted to become. And it felt really, really, really scary. And I had a session and I began to see alcohol for like the self-sabotage tool that it was in my life. I really found that it was not necessarily that I was like numbing my feelings or that I was really necessarily even over drinking. But what I did find is that I had just started to use it as a switch, a switch for like shutting on and off my day and my anxiety and, oh, I've been working all day and watch it. And now the kids came home from school. I've been watching the kids. And until my husband comes home, I want to relax and I want some me time and I'm going to have some wine. And what that was doing was that in the meantime, I didn't have to really take action on the things that I was scared to take action on because it's like, well, do I really have to? Like, I can just relax and I can just have fun and I deserve this. And let me know if that like flavor of self-sabotage, I mean, you can't let me know because you're not here, but let me know by reaching out to me if that flavor of self-sabotage sounds familiar because that's kind of like my go-to, especially these days, right? Is like, the things are already fine. I don't really need to do the other things that I want to do everything else is fine. And, and alcohol kind of had become a way of like masking that. And what I also found, I'm someone who really loves having fun. And when I was in my 20s, I was like very fun. I was definitely the fun friend and I loved going out. I was the one that you could count on for anything. Like, here's a crazy idea. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. And as a parent, necessarily, that aspect of my personality shifted. It totally shifted. And I stopped having the freedom to have fun in the ways that I was used to having fun. I couldn't go out at the drop of a hat, right? I couldn't do crazy things because now I was also responsible for two little lives. And I was married and there was a sense of adventure in my life that had kind of died, right? Adventure, the way that I had defined it before. Like there was no adventure of like, oh my gosh, what is tomorrow going to bring? It was like, well, I kind of know what tomorrow is going to bring. You know, my kids are going to wake up. They're going to go to school. And basically, I was just like in that mom routine, the new mom routine. My kids were little and Noah at this point was not even two years old. And so it was just like the season of life that I was in. And alcohol became like a way for me to, it became like an anchor to my past. It became a way for me to feel fun, to trick my brain into being like, yeah, I'm still having fun. You know, it's 5 p.m. and I'm here like alone with my kids until my husband comes home. I'm going to start fixing dinner in half an hour, but I'm going to have some wine. This is so fun. And in January 2020, right, after I started doing RTT, after I decided to get certified in RTT, after I had this feeling that there were so many bigger things for me on the horizon, as I kind of realized like, huh, this is kind of looking a little bit like avoidance and escapism. And 
romanticizing this thing that is really not particularly romantic because it actually didn't really feel that fun. You know, at the end of the day, I was still at home. And in fact, it was actually a lot less fun than my life could have been, right? But I just didn't know otherwise, because if your idea of fun has always been like mine in my 20s was always like, let's go shopping, let's go get a drink. And then suddenly it's like your life is not conducive really to either. And you're like, huh, I need to come up with some habits and things that feel fun that are not spending money or getting drunk. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Long story short, that is exactly what happened. Once I realized that, huh, it's actually really fun to live this life without alcohol. I was awakened to life, actual life, like what it's actually like to live, what it's actually like to have a life where alcohol is not the thing where you are making plans and it doesn't matter who's going to be drinking and who's not going to be drinking, where you can make friends and you don't even have to ask, how much do you drink, right? Because that's kind of a thing. When you are drinking or a heavy drinker, you tend to surround yourself with people who are also heavy drinkers. And when there's someone in your life that you really like, but like they don't like drinking, they don't like going out, it's kind of like, okay, well, how are we going to be friends, you know? And so all of these things that I had never really experienced, suddenly now I was like, wow, this is really awesome. And at the same time, I never wanted to be sober, right? I never wanted, I'm not like a black or white person. And if you have been following me, if you know me, you know that for me, like my life belief is the magic is in the motherfucking gray. Like if you can learn to live in the gray, then that is where all of the magic happens. Why? Because in the gray, there is no judgment of self, right? So whether you are drinking or not drinking, you are not judging yourself. And I think what happens a lot, right, when we want to slap a label on ourselves is that we're doing the same thing over again, right? We are going from like, I'm a drinker and I fit in in this world to seeking fitting in in another world. And so every time that I was like, oh, do I want to join something like AA, I was like, I do for like the fitting in aspect and I do for like the identity aspect. And I was like, that's not a good reason, right? That's not a good reason because that always is, I mean, sometimes it is, but for me personally, it wasn't. It was just like, you just want to like, the, the desire to just fit in somewhere is not a good enough reason to do something that you don't necessarily feel strongly that you want to do. So I always knew that like, regardless of what my life looked like, I always wanted to be able to have an occasional drink. Like I always wanted to be able to do a champagne toast. I always wanted to, if I wanted a drink, have a drink. And that's what I always hoped that my relationship with alcohol would look like. And so for me, I did a lot of like the underlying work that goes into things like this, just as in the span of personal development, right? I did not like working through all these things, realizing my self-sabotage patterns, really doing the subconscious work to believe that I deserved what it is that I actually wanted, doing the work around the subconscious beliefs that I had around alcohol being fun and partying being fun and being an anchor to my old life, right? Like all of this is what people tend to discover once they become sober. Like I had already done all of that because I had done so much subconscious work. I was already at a place where like I had experienced deep, deep, deep healing, right? I had been on a journey of deep, deep, deep healing. And so for me, what it really became was like, it came down to the habit. 
it came down to the habit, the habit of drinking, which was such a deeply ingrained habit in my brain and in my life. And once I started treating it, once I really looked at it and took away the judgment of like, okay, it's like, I'm going to stop drinking, but I'm going to stop what I really, really wanted to break less than like, I never want to have a drink again because I think it's poison and I think alcohol is terrible and blah, blah, blah. I really just tend not to think like that. I'm not really a person of like extremes. For me, what I was like, I want to be free of the habit of drinking. I don't want this to be a habit in my life. I don't want to feel like I have to have a drink. I don't want to feel like even if I don't really feel like it, I'm going to have a drink today. I want to be able to do stuff that I enjoy without thinking about, oh, are there going to be drinks there? All of these habit things, I wanted to be done with them because that is what felt like for me the biggest burden. And so what I did is I just created new habits. Like I still would have a drink at 5 p.m. It was just a seltzer right? It was a seltzer with some lime. And I started playing around with all different kinds of mocktails. So I would have a seltzer and I would put some kind of juice. I would buy different juices and put a little splash of juice and have like two or three of those. Every night while I cooked, I would have a seltzer drink. When I started going out, I would order mocktails. And then what I started doing was even when I had a glass of champagne, I would also order a mocktail right? So that it would make it easy for my brain to switch. I really love drinks. I love drinking, not necessarily alcohol. I love like delicious drinks. And so I started to find that if I could just, if that was the habit and I had a delicious drink available, then it didn't really matter to me if it was alcoholic or not, right? The thing was just, am I enjoying myself? Is this bringing me pleasure? And I found that mocktails were actually really a lot better than cocktails in a lot of instances. So it made it really, really easy for me to break that habit. And then it just became something in my life that ended up being the best thing that I ever did because I actually started to experience what true freedom felt like, what it actually felt like to be free, to not have any habits that I felt were way, were encumbering my life, any habits that I felt were keeping me from doing the things that I actually wanted to be doing. I didn't have any habits that I felt like had power over me. I felt like I was actually in control. I had the power. And plenty of people can feel like this without even thinking about their relationship with alcohol. And plenty of people can only feel like this being completely and totally sober. And for other people, it might look like something in between. So it might look like having an occasional drink. It might look like not drinking one week out of every month and just proving to yourself that you can do this, that it's not taking hold over you, right? There's so many different ways for you to play around with your relationship with alcohol. I think it's amazing. I think so many people are waking up to this and really realizing the way that alcohol has been so conditioned in us to be so many things. Like there are so many things as I look back on the big things, the really, really big things. They're the things that we see as kids that we see all of this programming and conditioning around and nobody really talks to us about it. And so what ends up happening is that we form our own beliefs and we form our own conclusions about what this thing is or what it represents. And that is always what I've learned in subconscious work is the danger zone. The danger zone is these things that nobody talks to you about. So those things tend to look like sex, money, and alcohol. 
right? They are the things that you see the adults in your life talking about and doing that you see on TV and that nobody's actually really talking about, right? There are chances are you did not grow up with the adults in your life having really elevated ideas of this is, oh, I've come to realize that my relationship with alcohol is blah, blah. Or maybe here's what society is going to tell you alcohol is and here's what it actually could be or here's what it actually should be. No, what you hear is like, don't do this. Don't do it. It's a bad thing. And then your friends do it. And then you start drinking and it's a cool thing, right? And in movies, it's a sexy thing. And it's a romantic thing and it's this and that and there are so many different layers to it and pretty soon we realized wow i have this whole belief system that is wrong <laughs> that is wrong and so it's been such a freeing journey it's been such a freeing journey to really reevaluate my relationship with alcohol and it's a really like an ongoing kind of thing but one more thing that i wanted to add going back back in january 2020 I was like very much, I don't want to never have a drink. I don't want to put myself into this category. Also, at this point, it was a very different thing. I think if I had stopped drinking in my early 20s, I would have had to go to AA for sure. I would have needed some like heavy duty support around this thing because it was my lifestyle. I was going out. But by the time that I actually started doing this, I was already in my 30s. So I was already in my 30s. I had really worked through a lot of the lifestyle stuff. I mean, that was like changed for me once I had kids. I had already worked through a lot of this stuff that you might not be like, you know, you, the listener who might be considering not drinking anymore might not be in the same situation, right? It might still be very much a lifestyle thing that you need support around. There might still be some like deep, deep, deep healing that you are trying to mask with alcohol. There are so many different situations that would make someone desire to reevaluate their relationship with alcohol. So even though I knew I always want to be able to have an occasional glass of champagne, I always want to be able to, if someone's like, oh gosh, this wine is delicious to be able to try that wine. And I had always heard from people, there's always the fear, right? Because you'll talk to other people who identify as alcoholics or are sober and they'll say, you know, I tried it once. I tried it. I let myself have a drink. And pretty soon before I knew it, I was blackout. I learned about myself that I'm incapable of managing my relationship with alcohol. And I kind of felt like that would probably not be the case. But nonetheless, I ended up watching this YouTube video by Susie Moore, and she was talking about the 100% rule. And she was saying how it is not worth the brain power, especially when you're starting to build a new habit of deciding where on the scale of zero to 100 am I gonna fall with this thing? So if you desire to be vegetarian, saying, well, I'll just eat more vegetarian meals, it's much easier to say, I'm just gonna be vegetarian 100% and just not eat meat and just establish this habit from the get-go. It makes it a lot easier to build a new habit when you don't have decision fatigue involved. And I had already found that I was like, okay, maybe I'll drink again. So, well, what if I had a drink today? What if I had a drink this weekend? When am I going to have a drink? What is occasional? And I was like, I'm going to do the 100% rule and I'm just not going to drink. I'm just going to tell myself like, I'm not going to drink and 100% I'm not going to drink. And that ended up making it so much easier for me to build this new habit because there wasn't that decision fatigue. There wasn't that idea of, is tonight the night? Is tomorrow night the night? And what ended up happening is that you shoot for 100%. And then it was like, oh, today is actually the day that I feel like this. And 
I'll let myself. But today we're actually at, at this really nice restaurant and the champagne is really, really good. Today is the day that I feel like this would feel intentional for me and good and grounding and everything that alcohol can be when it's just nothing to you. And I think that that was like the joy of it. But it really started from going to that 100% place because it is really, really hard to build a habit that's an occasional habit or sometimes kind of thing because it ends up not being occasional and not really being sometimes. And so it's such a different life and it's such a different perspective. And what I've noticed is moving forward, instead of focusing so much on my relationship specifically with alcohol, I've decided to really focus on my relationship with what it looks like now is like my relationship with relaxation, with relaxation and with avoidance, because what happens to me, my self-sabotage pattern, it's still the same, even if it doesn't look like, oh, let me just start drinking every night. It still really looks like well, I, I think I'm allowed to relax, right? I think I'm allowed to relax and I'm just going to relax. Like, even though I should be doing this thing, I deserve not to have to do it. And then I feel guilty about relaxing, which is really the actual undercurrent. And I feel guilty about enjoying myself. And I feel guilty about just being able to let loose and be like, maybe I don't have to worry about really anything. And then I lean into self-sabotage patterns. I lean into like, well, Maybe I can just procrastinate a little or maybe I can just not have to do that today. And why do I have to do this? And oh, boo hoo. And it's so it's all the same, right? So it's all the same and it's all still exploring that underlying pattern. And what I found is that when I do that, then when I tackle that, there's like no desire for me to drink, right? When I'm actually processing the underlying feelings, when I'm not, and when I'm like, huh, like, oh, I feel stressed. Like, I shouldn't have to feel this way. I should be allowed to relax. So I'm going to force myself to relax. I'm going to go out and relax. Then I really become like, huh, like, let me shop. Let me buy this stuff. Oh, I should book a vacation. I deserve a vacation. Where would I go? I start fantasizing about vacations. I start fantasizing about like, what if I could just go to a vacation and just, I didn't have to do anything. So I could just drink, you know, I could just drink during the day. And, and my mind starts to go there and I could just eat whatever I wanted instead of having to take care of myself. And when we make the choice to take care of ourselves, to love ourselves, to treat ourselves the way that we actually deserve to be treated and that we actually want to be treated. When we don't worry that like, what if it turns out that I'm actually not worthy of any of that and it blows up in my face? What if I mess up somehow and this all blows up in my face? What if I'm wrong, right? Whatever kind of self-trust and self-doubt bullshit narrative goes on in the background of our heads, I find that your bad habits and bad vices and addictions and all of these things will actually have so much less power over you, <laughs> so much less power. But it really starts with the underlying thing, with really assessing, you know, it starts with assessing its two threads. It's assessing your behavior. It's assessing your beliefs about alcohol and really disentangling, you know, what does this mean? What does it represent for me? What do I project onto it? And you can do this with anything because it's not just alcohol. It can be drugs. It can be shopping. It can be food. It can be whatever else, right? So what does it represent to you? Does it represent comfort? Does it represent fun? Does it represent validation? Does it represent belonging? Does it represent having arrived somewhere, status, power, blah, 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 blah? 
assessing all the things that you're projecting onto that thing. And then on the other thread, tackling the role that it serves in your life and keeping you from doing whatever it is that you want to be doing. So what is your relationship to self-sabotage? Why are you doing this? Why do you do these things that you don't want to be doing? What is the undercurrent there? And tackling that thing head on. So if you are curious about not drinking, and there are so many people over the years who have reached out to me, and they've all gone on to create entirely different relationships with alcohol. For some of them, they never liked drinking in the first place, right? And felt like it was just something that they had to do socially. And so for some of them, just the power is being able to stand up and be like, I don't like drinking. I don't want to drink. Even if everybody else is drinking, I'm not going to do it. I don't care to fit in at this point. And for other people, it's really looked like, okay, I just need to build a new habit around this, or I need to take a break for right now because it feels like it's spiraling. And this has never been an issue for me in this particular season of my life. I cannot process whatever it is that I'm processing and be drinking because it's going to get really ugly and this relationship is going to devolve into chaos. For other people, they have just stopped drinking forever, right? And they just are two, three years sober. So everybody is just on a different journey with this. And it's going to look totally, totally different. And above all, what this is, is a journey of radical personal responsibility and self-honesty. So for me, my soberish journey has required me constantly being like, testing, testing my own boundaries and being like, where am I okay testing those boundaries? Where do I need to pull back? Because that boundary was just like, uh, I remember the other day I went to the store and I bought myself like a split of Prosecco. And I was like, maybe I'll have a Prosecco today. And Jake was not drinking a Prosecco. And I was like, maybe I just feel like that. And as I poured it and I took a sip and I was like, no, this is not the vibe. This doesn't feel good for me. This feels like a habit that I'm going back to versus actually being part of a new life and a new habit. And at the same time, like my brother's wedding, I was like, I really want to have a glass of champagne at the toast. I do. I really want that. It feels fun and it feels celebratory and it feels good. And other times I've been out with friends and I'm like, no, today I'm not drinking. And Other times I'll have a glass, right? A glass of champagne. And I think that that's really the freedom that we're seeking is the freedom to be us and the freedom to make decisions outside of society's expectations. But that requires you, right? There have been other times where I'll be like, oh, I'll have a glass of wine. Sure. Like, or not wine. I I do not drink glasses of wine. Like I'll usually have a glass of nice champagne just because I like the way that it tastes and I like the way that it feels. And sometimes I'm like, no. At this point, it's not about the intention, right? At this point, what I'm really trying to do is shut down something, shut down something that is like activated in me, whether it's stress from a launch or whether it's, oh, I don't know what I want to do next or, oh my gosh, can I actually do that? Whether it's some kind of fear or whatever, right? I am just like, oh, I don't want to think about that thing right now. I want to divert my attention elsewhere. And in those moments, it's really critical to not slip into behaviors that are going to try to get you to bypass that, right? Um, It's really crucial to sit and sit with your feelings and be like, oh, God, it is uncomfortable to not know what's coming next. It is uncomfortable to be mid-launch 
like, wow, this kind of, the kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. Um, but I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit here in the discomfort. And the more that we can do that, what we really do is like build resilience with ourselves and build trust with ourselves. And there's nothing that we're avoiding. We learn that we don't have to run away from fear, that we can just face it head on, that we don't have to run away from hard things, that we can just move right through them. And that we don't have to to self-soothe with other things, right? That we can self-soothe ourselves, that we can be that person for ourselves. If you loved this episode, I guarantee you are going to love hanging out with me. So come over to my Facebook group, Ready for More, Change Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life. And let's keep this party going.